Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In today's episode, I've got a complete 2019 NBA Finals preview for you. So we'll we'll look at four of the most burning questions heading into this series. I'll make a case for, for each team and what they need to do to win. And then we'll also take a look at the biggest X factors in this series as well. All that plus I've got one of the most incredible stats of the week coming up. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Hope you're all doing fantastic today. I'm Jamie, and welcome to this special episode of Around the Arc, where today I'll take you through a complete preview of the 2019 NBA Finals. So, the 2019 NBA Finals are now set. So, after after Toronto completed their very impressive and surprising to most a six-game conference final series against the Bucks. They now move on to their first ever NBA Finals appearance as a franchise. Now, their opponent, two-time defending champs, Golden State Warriors, they, they let's just say they don't have the same experience issue as this. This is now their fifth consecutive Finals appearance. I think that is uh, most consecutive Finals appearances by a single team since Bill Russell's Celtics back in the in the late fifties, I think early sixties. So that is quite quite the accomplishment here, and quite a quite a contrast in in experience levels in this finals matchup. So I wanted to just go through a few kind of burning questions heading into heading into this final series. Starting with kind of the obvious one, <clears throat> excuse me, and that is to do with Kevin Durant's injury. So, do the Warriors actually need Kevin Durant to win this series? Right. So, ever since ever since KD went down with that calf strain in Game Five of the Warriors Conference Semifinals matchup with the Rockets, that as a team. Since that occurred, they've been on an absolute tear. In the five games that Durant has missed since then, um, obviously game six against Houston, and then the four-game sweep against Portland, Golden State are yet to lose. And because of this, there's now been a lot of speculation, people pondering if Golden State is actually a better team without Kevin Durant, and if they even need him in this upcoming finals series against the Raptors. But the way I look at it, if you're if you're heading into the NBA finals, you want as many weapons as possible. And KD is arguably the most lethal offensive weapon on earth right now. And 
I mean, say say what you want about Golden State's style of play with Durant in the lineup compared to without him, but there but there is absolutely no denying that KD he is the ultimate bailout option. It's like when when Golden State are are struggling, they're not hitting their shots. They can just give the ball to Durant and say, "Go get me a bucket, please," and he can do that more efficiently and easier than almost any other player in the world right now. Uh, probably probably every other player in the world. Now, this may it may stagnate the offense a little more compared to what we've seen when when Steph has been the guy, kind of the focal point of the offense, but what it will ultimately mean, I think, if he does return in this series is that even in in games where where the Splash Brothers, so Steph and Clay, when they're struggling, the Warriors can still compete and win when they have Kevin Durant, because that's just, you know, that's just another overwhelming offensive option for them. And and it's because of this that I think they do need KD back on the court in this series, and it's not just his scoring that will be needed. I think. It'll also be valuable for them having him back because it would mean that it would mean that Steve Kerr has another another body to throw at Kawhi Leonard on the defensive end. And as we've seen in the past, you know, three or four years, Kevin Durant has become one of the most elite defenders in the league. So, so having him available on the on the defensive end as well is is going to be that much more valuable, I think. So. And then just just before before I move on, just to quickly touch on uh, what everyone's saying that the Golden State are actually better without Kevin Durant. I don't agree with that. I think I think they are overall they're a better team when Kevin Durant is there. Obviously, I just think they're they're a bit more fun to watch without without him there. And they're, when they're playing their kind of 2015 Warriors style of basketball. But I think, of, of course, they're, they're going to want him back. And as the players and uh, Steve Kerr have alluded to, that they do need him back for the finals. So anyway, he has been officially ruled out of game one, um, but we'll just, we'll have to see when when he does come back and if he does just how how in rhythm he's going to be how rusty he's going to be so that those will all be things to watch as these as this series progresses so next burning question i've got is do the raptors actually do they need kd out to have a chance in this series so as you've probably seen no one is really giving toronto a chance in this series and that's that's even with Durant being ruled out for at least at least the first game but I would like to point out that the Raptors do have a few things going for them they've got first off they've got home court advantage which could be a could be a big deal and especially with KD missing game one I think that presents a golden opportunity for them to to jump out to an early series lead and kind of seize control and then the other main thing I've got is that every single one of the guys in Toronto's playoff rotation is at least a good defender or a great defender. 
So what this means is they can just throw a ton of different looks at Steph and Clay, and they can look to get them out of rhythm, which again will be even more important with with Durant sidelined. And then when when KD does come back, Toronto they've got Kawhi Leonard who at the moment not only is he the best player in the world I think he's the best defender in the world as well and he is quite possibly the only guy who could potentially slow down a healthy Kevin Durant and then of course the the last thing that Toronto has going for it especially at home is Drake. I think he he proved his value to this team in that conference final series. And I think I think coach Nick Nurse is going to be needing a few a few more shoulder rubs to get him through this final series. And then stick, sticking with the Raptors. My next question here is can Kawhi continue to carry them the way he has done so far? So Kawhi he has been he has had one of the greatest postseason runs that we've seen in recent memory this year. He's absolutely willed Toronto to the finals, and he's had countless memorable performances and moments. I think most notable of which was obviously his game seven buzzer beater uh, to knock out the the seventy sixers. However, a running storyline in these playoffs, especially in those conference finals, actually, has been the fact that Kawhi just looks tired. He looks out of gas. He looks exhausted. And as well as that, he also suffered that leg injury in Game 3 against the Bucks, which he did continue to play through, but you could see just watching him that he was noticeably hobbled. That being said, though, he he'll have, along with the rest of the team, They'll have nearly a, a week to rest and recover, so Kawhi has plenty of time to get that leg feeling right and getting him as close to 100% as possible has to be priority number one for the Raptors. And given the greatness, the level of play that Leonard has showcased, even playing on that, that hobbled leg and playing through the exhaustion, given this level of play that he showed while not being at 100%, if he manages to to get pretty much 100% healthy by game one, that could be a problem for Golden State. Now, looking at the, the defensive end, the one, the one major change that kind of shifted the entire outlook of that Bucks raptors series was when Nick Nurse put Kawhi as the primary defender on Yanis. And he just totally took him out of the game for stretches. So I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Nurse asks Kawhi to do the to do the same with Kevin Durant if if he does indeed come back. Now KD, he's a totally different animal on offense compared to compared to the Greek greek freak but if there if like i said if there is anyone that can bother and challenge and at least slow down kevin durant then it is then it is Kawhi. on on offense it will be it will be a different story since golden state just have, they've got so many bodies that they can that they can throw at leonard 
uh, like Andrea Godala, provided he's healthy and recovered from his injury. Uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, they'll all likely share the the bulk of the of the responsibility of guarding Leonard. And then obviously, uh, if and when Durant comes back, he'll also spend some time on him. So I think in order for for Leonard and the Raptors to be able to kind of to overcome the Warriors' defense, which can be suffocating when they're engaged. Then I think the other guys for Toronto, the role players, are going to need to continue to hit shots and make plays much like they did kind of at the tail end of that Milwaukee series. So back to the question, can Kawhi continue to dominate and carry this Toronto squad? Absolutely, yes is my answer to that. But can he carry them to a championship? No. Not by himself, at least. As I said, he'll need the other guys to kind of step up. And on that topic, the final burning question I have is which other guys will step up for their respective teams? So the NBA Finals is and kind of always has been a stage for stars, right? But it's often the role players or the other guys that determine the outcome of the series. And this year, that that trend seems to... It doesn't seem to be changing. Now, pretty much all season long, Golden State, they've had one of the worst bench units in the league... But they've really stepped up in the postseason, especially since the KD injury. You'll see Steve Kerr has been going like 10, 11, 12 guys deep. And each guy that comes in seems just ready. So you've got guys like Quinn Cook, Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney, all these all these guys. And then like Sean Livingston and Alfonso McKinney. Like all, all these guys are getting are getting significant minutes and they're and they're producing especially in that conference final series against the Blazers, you saw it. And it's been a bit of a different story for Toronto as like all season long for them, they had one of the deeper teams and one of the better benches. But once the playoffs rolled around, they kind of disappeared almost. Um, Sure, they had their moments, especially I think uh, Serge Ibaka, he, he had his moments throughout the the earlier rounds but overall Toronto's bench production greatly regressed from where it was in the regular season that was until the conference finals however where both Fred Van Fleet and Norman Powell they both found their games and provided huge sparks at times in that series and I would even go so far as to say as if those guys didn't show up, especially you know for Van Fleet in um, what game five and game six. If those guys didn't show up, I don't think Toronto make the finals. I don't think that's too crazy an assumption to make. So now both squads will hope to get the good version of their supporting casts. But I want I want to dive in a, a little bit deeper and kind of single out one role player on each team that kind of that must step up for them. And for the Warriors, I think that's Andrea Godala. Now, 
provided he's ready to go and he's recovered from from his injury that kept him out of game six against the Rockets, he's going to need to sustain the level of play that he's shown in the playoffs to this point, especially especially early on when um when Kevin Durant is still is still sidelined. Uh, he'll need to continue knocking down open shots like he has done at an incredible rate in his postseason. Um need to open knock down his, his open threes. Um but what they'll need more from from Iggy, as they seem to need from him every year in the finals, is his defense. Especially on Kawhi. Now now Iggy has been one of the primary defenders on LeBron in all of these um Cleveland Golden State Finals matchups. And so he does have a fair bit of finals experience guarding the best player in the world, and he'll be asked to do the same again for for large portions of this series. So they're going to need him on both ends, but especially defensively. And then for the Raptors, I think their key other guy, I think it's Danny Green, who has really struggled with his shot, kind of all playoffs long, really. And this shooting slump that he's in, it got so bad that in games five and six against the Bucks, he only averaged 14 minutes. I think he was, uh, in those two games, I think he was a combined 0 for 7 from 3 as well. And not only that, those were open corner threes. And that's supposed to be Green's shot. He's one of the better corner three-point shooters in the league. So it was kind of inexplicable for him to not only go 0 for 7, but to miss them all when they're when they're open threes as well. So he'll need to find his stroke. He's still he's still one of the better perimeter defenders in the league, and they'll need they'll need that, um, especially against Clay, who I think I assume he'll be primarily matched up against him. But also, Steph at times I'm sure he'll spend some time there. So he will need to play a lot more than 14 minutes per game. And for this to happen, he just needs to break out of his slump. He needs to find his stroke. And if he if he can, if he can regain his, his shooting stroke, then that just opens up Toronto's offense even more. And also, the more, longer he's out there on the defensive end, like I said, he's incredibly valuable as well. And and it's it's not it's not that crazy to to expect him to to get out of this shooting slump since he connected on around forty five percent of his threes during the regular season. So he's he's due for a breakout at some point, and who knows? Maybe we'll get a flashback to twenty fourteen Danny Green, who in case you in case you don't remember, in the finals against Miami when he was still playing for San Antonio. He absolutely torched the heat in that series. So, yeah, for Toronto to have any chance, really, they're gonna need they're gonna need all of their role players to step up, like I said. But Danny Green, I think, more so. And just before we move on to the next segment, where I'll be making a case for each team and how they can win, and we'll also talk some um, some of the biggest X factors in the series as well. I just wanted to hit you with this incredible stat that I found. 
in the, the these 2019 NBA Finals will mark the 36th consecutive finals with at least one player who has played with Shaquille O'Neal. 36 in a row. And in case you're wondering who it is in this series, it's Danny Green, who was a teammate of Shaq's on Cleveland back in the 2009-2010 season. That's just incredible. 36 consecutive years with at least one player who's played with Shaquille O'Neal. I just, I, just, I just couldn't get over that. But anyway, on with the episode. All right, moving on. So now that we've now that we've tackled some of the some of the burning questions uh, heading into this final series, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to go through to go through each team and kind of make a case for for why they could could end up winning the championship this year. So I'll start with I'll start with Golden State, the obvious the obvious favorites. Now, obviously, what's what's going for them? You know, big things, experience, or like I said, this is their fifth consecutive finals appearance, and the fact that they're playing some of their some of their best basketball, or probably their best basketball all year right now. And it's not just that, but the entire team seems more energized now and more focused and they're playing like they, they really have something to prove after after Kevin Durant's injury. And Especially, I think Draymond and Steph—they they have especially stepped up in in KD's absence, as as they're both in the midst of some of the best individual basketball that they've played in their careers. You see, Steph—he's just come off a conference finals where he's averaged, well, I think he averaged what about thirty six points a game in that series and then Draymond Green has gone back to the the 2015 2016 Draymond Green um where he's just like the ultimate Swiss army knife do it all guy as I think he in the the conference finals against Portland I think he was averaging a little over 16 points around 11 and a half rebounds and over eight assists which if he can sustain that as well then <laughs> it's not really gonna be fair is it especially especially when kd returns and then another thing going for them or at least something that will be interesting to watch is is clay thompson after after he was kind of snubbed from the all nba team um be interesting to see if he also comes out kind of extra motivated with extra energy looking for looking for something to prove there but um the case for Golden State, they kind of make the case themselves, given kind of their body of work over the last four or five years on, and then as well, like I said, with the way they've played this postseason. And when you look at when you look at the odds and see how favored uh, this Warriors team are, I think that's that's as much of a case in and of itself. And then I think the X factor, though. The X factor for this Golden State team, it'll just be when Kevin Durant returns. And I'll throw I'll throw Boogie's name in there as well. Cause, um, Cousins, he's been listed as questionable for game one, so it's looking like he'll return at some point in this series as well. Um so I just I just think, yeah, it depends when those guys come back and then when they do, how how close to a hundred percent they are. 
and i think yeah that'll that will be kind of the the biggest indicator as to how long this series will actually last and now with toronto what do they have going for them well i've already i've already listed a few things earlier on in the in the burning questions segment like they have they've got home court advantage um which is which is one thing and the other the other main thing though is just Kawhi leonard they have the best player in the world right now simply poop and not playing until thursday not playing until tomorrow that is even better for toronto as it gives Kawhi time to rest and recover and kind of get over that injury that hobbled him in the in the milwaukee series and especially with 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 kevin durant out i think look for look for Kawhi to kind of establish himself early on in the series and kind of put his put his imprint on the on the game i think game one especially so right what else what else for toronto um we've got the bench that i touched on the bench seems to have figured it out especially um as i mentioned van fleet and norman powell who are going to continue to be big big factors for them in this series um You've also got playoff Lowry, who has, in the span of a few weeks, gone from being kind of kind of a meme, kind of a joke, to a legitimate good thing. Like playoff Lowry is no longer like an insult; it's a, it is a good thing. Like his showing in that conference final series against the Bucks, he just played absolutely phenomenal, and if he can keep that up. That is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous advantage for Toronto. And then I know, I know this plays little to no role in the outcome of a playoff series, especially a final series. But I feel it's worth mentioning: Toronto did win the regular season series uh, against against the Warriors. They won both games. The first in Toronto, which. Um, Steph and Draymond, neither of them played, uh, but Kevin Durant did go off for 51 points, but Toronto prevailed, I think, in overtime in that game. And then the next game in in Oracle Arena, Toronto just blew them out, and that was without Kawhi playing. So um, take what you want from that, but as as the playoffs continually prove year after year regular season series mean little to nothing when it when it when it comes to the playoffs but now now the x factors i think for toronto one that i mentioned earlier danny green he's going to have to find his his shooting stroke and he's going to need to be a threat on offense for for one for him to be playable for him to play more than 14 minutes a game and two for toronto to to have a chance really um because they can't they can't be playing four on five against a team as talented and as good as golden state so so he's he's the first x factor for me and then the second x factor like with golden state is just when kevin durant returns so in um, if you remember back to the Warriors Conference Finals matchup against Portland, in, in three of those four games, I know it was a sweep, but in three of those four games, 
the Warriors trailed by double digits for significant portions of the game. And while Golden State, they've got more firepower than anyone else and they're more equipped to overcome deficits like that, playing from behind and consistently playing from behind is just, it's not a sustainable winning style of play. And I think that will be a lot harder to do against this Raptors team, especially led by Kawhi Leonard. So I think if if Toronto can capitalize on KD's absence like like Portland couldn't, if they can kind of build these leads and sustain them, then they could potentially put the defending champs in a in a hole and then once KD returns, it could prove to to even to be a struggle for even them to to pull out of. Just just say say for instance Toronto jumps out to a 2-0 series lead. Even when Kevin Durant comes back, that'll still prove to be a pretty significant hill to climb for them. As we've seen, Kawhi, Kawhi just just doesn't really let his teams lose <laughs> when it when it matters the most. So that's going to be that's going to be key to see. So I think Kevin Durant's return probably means even more for Toronto than it does uh, for Golden State, I think. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. Now, I feel like I should make a prediction now. So everything everything taken into account, all the questions, all the X factors, who is going to win? Who's going to come out on top? Now, everyone has picked the Warriors. Call me an idiot. I very well may be, but I'm going to go against that. I'm going with the Raptors. I'm picking the Raptors in six games. I just think with the with the way that Kawhi is playing right now, I said this before the conference finals when I picked Toronto to win. I just don't feel like betting against Kawhi right now. And... With with KD out, and I assume once he does come back, he will need, you know, a, a little bit of time to kind of get find his rhythm again. I just I just think Toronto they're just going to seize this this opportunity. I think so. I'm going with Toronto in six games, but I will not be the least bit surprised if I am proved wrong proven wrong but um let me know let me know what you think what's your prediction what's your take who have you who have you got in this series and and what are you what are you looking forward to seeing the most from this from this final series and there we go that does it for today's episode guys as always thank you so much for listening and tuning in means a lot and like i always say at the end of every episode if you feel if you feel like showing the podcast some love a five-star review does go a long way to to helping helping the show out or alternatively if you want to leave a review with any any thoughts any suggestions for the show more more than welcome more than appreciated um, you can also find me on Twitter at um at around the arc pod, so it'd be great, great if you can come say hi on there. 
Uh, other than that, guys, hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And with that, let's just hope for a terrific final series. And I will be back next week, as always, for more for more NBA stuff and finals talk. So I'll catch you then.